How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 49 of the Easy Peasy Podcast. You know, we're coming up on episode 50. How cool is that? I'm, I'm kind of excited, you know, and it just so happens to fall right near the new year, right? And it's not that that means anything, but 50 episodes is a milestone. The new year is a milestone. The fact that they might as well overlap. You know, I, I have no plan as of yet for what episode 50 might entail. In fact, I'm not going to guarantee that it comes out on New Year's Day or anything like that, but we'll say that the first episode of 2022 will be episode 50. And I thought for this show, we would talk about preparing for the impossible. Now I say that a little bit tongue in cheek, a little bit sarcastically, you know, it doesn't do us any good to prepare for the impossible in a, in a ra- you know, rational sense or in a practical sense. But what I mean by the impossible is what they say is impossible. What anyone might say is impossible. You know, in these in these weird times that we're living in, I I can't help but think that if I if I put myself in my own shoes two two and a half years ago. If I went back and I told myself, you know, two years from now, fill in the blank. You know, I won't even, I won't even say there's, there's a hundred different things that you could fill in the blank about where we are today. That if I told myself would be a reality, I don't know if I would have thought it possible right so we often tell ourselves or people tell us what is possible but it it so often happens where they are proven or we are proven wrong you know if you told somebody in the soviet union that it would collapse as quickly as it did they wouldn't have believed you. They would have said impossible. You know, and there's a million examples I could use. You know, to go from a flip phone to an iPhone 12 in what, 15 years? That's, that's not something many people would have thought possible. 
you took one of these devices back in time and showed it to people. You know, I mean, it's easy to say in hindsight. Obviously, my point is when someone tells you that that something would never or could never happen, don't always buy it. And this this brings me to the point of preparing, right? And preparing for what people might consider impossible. But if you think in your gut that it's possible, you know, you should ignore what anyone else says. I don't mean to get carried away with this. I'm not talking about being prepared for the zombie apocalypse as they often refer to. I'm talking about being prepared for what you want that others might might tell you isn't isn't good or isn't possible or isn't practical or isn't proper. Right? And what I'm doing right now, what I've been working on lately, I've started building my camper. You know, we talked about this with Cambo and and Smalls. We were talking about campers and and backpacking and camping and getting out and just getting off grid and having a means of escape, having the skills, the equipment, the knowledge, you know, to be able to live in relative comfort away from home for an extended amount of time. To travel, you know, Cambo's way of traveling is backpacking long distances, you know, sometimes even hiking on the highway for hundreds of miles, you know, across entire states versus Smalls who has a factory built camper and he likes fishing and, you know, shooting guns and drinking beers and relax relaxing you know and then you have me and I'm sort of in between right like I want my toys and I want my comforts but I also want to get way out there and I want to ride my motorcycle right I got my dirt bike I want to take it out into some cool places where it'll get me places nothing else could and this has always been a problem in my mind since I bought this bike because I have a dog. And I'm looking forward to taking a trip and hauling the bike out, out west someplace, right? I've been looking forward to it since the day I bought the damn thing. But in my mind, I know that I need a place for the dog. And frankly, I, I got a plan with his comfort in mind. I can't go to the desert in the middle of the summer. You know, let him just bake to death while I'm out on a joyride. That's not, that's not being a good, you know, guardian to this animal. So I, I pick the time of year that, that makes the most sense. I want to go late winter, go down to Arizona, 
you know, where it'll be nice and comfortable during the day and a little bit chilly at night, no doubt, but at least, at least I'll have four walls and a roof. You know, I just couldn't bring myself to make the plan that he would just stay in the truck. You know, I don't like that. I, you know, I'd rather him have a comfy bed to hang out on, a window, you know, a good place for his food and, you know, a couple of bones to chew on, a couple of toys, you know, maybe even air conditioning. Whatever it happens to be, these little luxuries, these little extras, but I'm I'm building this thing now. You know, because nothing on the market as far as campers really suited all my needs. You know, and I, I'm building this thing to fit my motorcycle. It's going to be what I'm calling a micro toy hauler or micro hauler. You know, this very well could be my next business. I'm, I'm building a prototype here and I'm taking my time with it. I've got all winter. So I want to build something sturdy and and watertight and and useful. You know, a space, a, a domicile on wheels. And the point being that I'm looking forward towards the kind of life that I want to live. And I've always wanted to travel a lot, you know, on the road. I like road trips. I like camping. I want to be able to hitch up and disappear for two, three weeks. I've always wanted that. And I'm starting to think that maybe I can achieve it. Even though, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tall order. You know, to be able to maybe maybe work six months out of the year. You know, I'm hoping that's the most I'll have to do. If I can set myself up right, start a couple of businesses, you know, maybe I can get away with working less. You know, and if 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 you'd gone back and told me as a as a young man or a teenager, you know, you very well might be able to live on the road six months out of the year before you turn 30 and be financially solvent, even profitable. You know, I'm not sure I would have believed it. I would have thought, fuck yeah, that sounds awesome. And that would have, you know, it probably would have ruined it though. I would have taken it as a given instead of taking this route that I've, that I've taken even though, you know, basically it was always the goal. I never, I never knew if I would be able to embrace that lifestyle, if it would actually work out, you know, and now that, now that the goal is within grasp, I am, I am stoked, right? Like people, people don't normally get to live that way in our day in our day and age most people are are so tied down for so many reasons 
know, obviously I, I am just speaking for myself here and I'm a single young man. So it's easy to say that, you know, I want to live on the road for six months out of the year, but you know, this is what I'm getting at is I want to do this for the rest of my life, but I also want to have a family. So what does that look like? Is that feasible? Is that practical? A lot of people would say no. Is it even possible, you know, to raise well-adjusted, well-educated children with, you know, friendships and social circles and, you know, a certain amount of stability, but still, still be semi-nomadic? You know, a lot of people would say you're, you're, you're crazy. That's not going to work. Not only will it not work, you're going to be raising your kids wrong if you do that. Now, I don't know if I agree. And six months on the road with children out of every year might be a lot. You know, but who's to say? Some people live on the road all year. Some people live in the street all year. You know, so it is relative after all. But this this camper is just an example. It's just a metaphor. You know, I, I suppose it's more than that, though. It is a, a tangible means of escape. You know, I titled that last episode with Cambo and Smalls, Means of Escape. Because that's what that's what we're talking about. And if you don't have a means of escape, if you're completely tethered, you know, you're 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 at the whim of the conditions around you. Not to say that you can't live a peaceful life and never have any problems in one place, but You know, whether it's a tornado or an economic disaster or some kind of, you know, violence, I, I don't think it's responsible to, to take it as a given that you'll never have to pick your shit up and, and leave. And if you don't know how to do it, if you don't have the, if you don't have the roadmap laid out. You know, you might find yourself in trouble. Every every time a big hurricane hits, you know, the Gulf Coast or the East Coast, all of the hotels for miles and miles, you know, from the from the epicenter, you know, they're booked, they're filled up. So a lot of people end up living in their cars, which you can do for a time. You know, but it gets old in the hurry living out of your car. So, you know, I'm making this argument that that it's kind of necessary almost to have this mobile option. You might think I'm crazy, but, you know, I'm talking about preparing for the impossible. You know, you don't think it's possible, but it might just be you. And even if your your preparedness only goes so far as to knowing knowing a couple people that would let you in if necessary for a short term, 
you know, that's better than nothing, but you know, that's, that's preparing for the worst. See what I'm trying to kind of get to here in a circular kind of way is, is that we should not prepare for the impossible in, in the sense of preparing for disaster. We should, we should plan for our own best life and you can cover all basis while you do that. You know, I'm not building this camper because I think I'll have to abandon my current domicile. But having a mobile domicile is a pretty advantageous situation. You know, there's legal protections. You don't have to open the door for law enforcement without a warrant. They have to treat it like a house. As long as there's a shitter and a bed, four walls and a roof. <clears throat> you know, it's, it's not to be understated. You know, we're looking at a time where you might, you know, might have to show paperwork, might have to forfeit your means of defense. You know, might have to subject yourself to unwarranted searches and seizures and any extra level of protection so that you can keep what matters to you, whatever that might be. Cash, you know, weaponry, food. You know, who's to say what kind of world we might end up living in? You know, and I believe having... Having this mobile home is, is, is going to not only suit my interests and my pleasure, my passions, but in the very worst possible, you know, Im impossible scenarios, seemingly, you know, a, a massive tornado comes through. You know, ideally, it wouldn't hit you directly, but it could wipe out the power in your in your entire area, or fill in the blank. Like I said, there's there's what we call in the permaculture world a stacking of functions. You know, by cultivating these these skills and acquiring these these pieces of equipment. We, we build an extra level of resilience while also opening up the opportunity for fun. This is function stacking. Two birds, one stone. Now, whatever it is for you, I can't say. You know, honestly, I, I think a few things that come to mind are truthfully you know, a high clearance four wheel drive vehicle. Even if you don't live in the mountains, you know, if you live anywhere that ever gets snow. And I swear, I swear there's not many things that'll provide more, more redundancy and resiliency than a second home on wheels. 
even if it's pretty damn modest, right? So, so I've been thinking about this for a long time. I've wanted a camper. You know, I've taken plenty of road trips where I sleep in the bed of the pickup with a tarp over my head. You know, but when it gets cold out, you want a you want you want a fucking house to be in. You want a little bit of a little bit of insulation, maybe a little heater. And just hypothetically, I don't want to live in a tent for six months out of the year, but I do think I could live out of this thing when it's done. So, like I said, I've been thinking thinking about this for a long time, and I've had this vision, and I've sketched it out, and I've I've thought through as much of it as much of it as I could. And I finally just said, fuck it, let's go. Let's start building, right? Because I I can only envision so much. Once once I start building, the, the pieces start falling into place and you know more problems come up, but you solve them as you go. You know, there's something about that. To to stand back for a couple of years and just think and think and think about the design and and you know you can you can overanalyze it you just have to get going at some at some point and when it comes to the issue of sort of preparedness generally speaking preparing for the impossible whatever that means for you maybe your dream is i don't know to live on the beach permanently and to be retired by the age of 40 that's a tall order, but just because maybe some people would tell you it's impossible doesn't mean it is. So get after it. You know, quit thinking about it and start taking the steps. Right? Because these problems, they 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 can seem overly complex. They can they can overwhelm us. And Honestly, I, I, I was a little overwhelmed to start on this project because at a minimum it's going to cost, you know, a thousand bucks for materials and a hundred hours of labor and maybe even more than that because frankly, as I've, as I've started building it, half of the time I spend, I'm sitting there or rather standing with my arms folded, staring you know, maybe scratching my chin, trying to, trying to, just think through what I'm doing. You know, because you don't want to have to tear it apart and start over, or take two steps forward, one step back. You wanna, you wanna do it right. You wanna build it sturdy and strong. You don't want it to leak. You know, that, that goes for any plan, any preparedness plan. You want it to be solid. But it is just something you have to build sort of one stick at a time, right? That's how we frame a house, one stick at a time. And that's that's how we solve any problem, you know? With, with permaculture, we, we start by observing, you know? First and foremost, we... We stand back with our arms folded, 
and we we contemplate we we observe and we think you know maybe a little less thinking and a little bit more observing is is often called for and when it comes to you know sort of a physical project like this a building project or maybe it's a garden project you know you really do have to spend that that time observing but that that principle is observe and interact that's important because if you if you only observe you're not going to you know you're not going to get anywhere you're not going to do anything we call it analysis paralysis and if we interact you know we may make make a mistake here and there but as long as we're careful you know we'll we'll make less mistakes and we'll find more solutions we'll solve more problems we'll we'll get under the surface that that you can't you can't really see with the naked eye you know these these problems in our in our day-to-day life our personal life forget global or national or state politics in your personal life we so often get bogged down with the with the details and we just we we freeze up like a deer in the headlights right but i i swear it's just like when i started my business right i had an idea a general vision i contemplated it for a long time but then the day came where i said okay it's time to it's time to buy the equipment it's time to make some phone calls time to drum up some motherfucking business you know that was the day I started interacting so these are some of the basic basic ideas of of permaculture right and we could break it down further but my point here is don't let people talk you out of it you know, I was sitting at the bar the other night chatting to a guy I know. And I'm telling him about the design. I'm showing him some pictures and the progress as it's you know coming along. And I'm telling him about how I kind of want to do this. You know, I won't explain it, but a fairly tricky sort of engineering feat. You know, I want the camper to be expandable in a sense put it simply and he's you know he this is a guy who builds and he actually specializes in hanging doors right and he's telling me sort of all the problems and I you know it's a lot of stuff I've kind of thought thought about already and he you know every time I kind of interject he's throwing other he's throwing a lot of a lot of negatives at me now he's doing it from a good place and actually I, I learned a thing or two and I'm not putting him down in any way but so often when we tell people about our vision our dreams our ideas all they want to do is poke holes in it now why why we do that to each other I'm not sure 
you know, there are, there are varying degrees. Some people are very tactful about their criticism or feedback. You know, we should all strive to give each other good, you know, useful feedback feedback without being, you know, overly critical. And, you know, I tell you this story about this conversation just to tell you, you know, if I was maybe more timid of a person, I might get sort of, I don't know, discouraged. And I might say, you know what, forget it. I'm not going to do that extra design. You know, I'm going to stick to the, to the basics because it does sound difficult. It does sound complicated. You know, all that extra work, extra time, you know, extra confusion, extra steps. Would it really be worth it, right? You can get you can get a little bit down on your own dreams. You might simplify them. You might sort of make concessions, right? Well, if I can't do it the way I dreamed, maybe I can do it a little bit, like halfway. Or maybe I can just, you know, get away with with sort of half-assing it. Because, you know, these folks are right. It's impossible to do it the way I want to do it. Well, no, I don't, I don't believe it is impossible. You know, your brain, the human brain, is a magnificent, magnificent problem-solving machine. You know, I hate to use that word machine, but it's a, it is a mass of problem-solving potential. So if your brain is sort of hinting at what it wants, what, it, what its final destination could be, you know, it is perfectly capable of solving the problems between where you are and where that is that you're trying to go, that it's trying to tell you to go. You know, and maybe it's not your brain telling you to go there. Maybe it's your gut. Maybe it's your heart. You know, these are the, these are the two parts of our body aside from our brains that have the most neurons, which is why there's common you know references to trusting your gut or believing what you feel in your heart right it's part of your nervous system it's part of your your full body so if you have a gut feeling or if your heart's telling you to go someplace your brain is just waiting it's chomping at the bit wanting to solve the problems you just got to give it the space and the ability and you've got to work through it and you've got to interact you've got to get started you know I stared at, at an empty trailer for I don't know a day with all my materials laid out you know, thinking about it. Where do I start? Where, how do I start? And I can't even tell you in hindsight, you know, I suppose I started with the floor, you know, <laughs> <laughs> of course I can tell you that. I mean, where else? 
You got to build from the ground up. You know, and the the thing of this camper design is it's basically a a slide in for my utility camp or my utility trailer that I use for my gardening business. So it's meant to fit relatively snug, and it's meant to come out. It's meant to you know be removable, so that I can continue to use my my trailer for its utility. Now, that comes with all kinds of problems. How am I going to lift this thing when it weighs a thousand pounds? How am I going to move it around? Where am I going to store it? You know, I mean, all these things I had to think about. I had to come up with solutions. I started building. Like I said, from the ground up, I built the floor. Then I built the walls. And guess what? I haven't built the roof yet, but we're getting there. I should say I've got three out of four walls, which ain't bad, as they say. Three out of four. But you know, guys, all I'm saying about preparing for the impossible is that maybe it's more rational, maybe it's more productive than doing nothing. Than just coasting. You know, we are somewhat unique in the animal kingdom in that we are able to plan ahead. We are not the only ones that store food, for instance, but we can think ahead in a way that other animals cannot, as far as we know. And I think so often we don't even try. You know, it's like we're, we're convinced we're stuck and that we're at the whim of everything else going on. But the truth is you are capable of improving your own outlook, your own life. You can't just wait and hope. You got to start and you got to prep and you got to you got to put a little bit of elbow elbow grease into it, you know. Now I I I don't want to be like on my high horse. I'm just trying to like give solid advice because from what I can tell, we're just a lot of us are just hoping things are going to get better. And I hope they do too, but I'm not sure if they will. I I hope they do, but I'm planning for my situation to be as good as I can make it. You know, just independent of, of everything else. How do I live the way I want to live? How do I live where I want to live? How do I go where I want to go and do what I want to do? You know, and that, that sounds selfish, right? And it is. You know, but I believe that if we improve our own lives, we can improve others along the way. And we can we can be a positive force. You know, it's it's better to it's better to be who you are and who you want to be 
than it is to try to just get by, right? You know, what, what is this? What, what kind of vision do you have? What have you done to get started? Well, y'all, it's not it's not my longest episode, but I think that's about all. You know, I'm gonna stand and scratch my chin and think through a few problems on my on my project, on my new camper. Because I'm looking forward to the day where it's finished and I can start using it. And it's not going to happen all by itself. Nobody else is going to do it for me. You know, I could go out and I could buy myself something from the factory that does everything I want halfway well. Spend 10 grand, even more. Or I can build it for myself and solve those problems. Design it around my desires, specifically. So that's what I decided to do. Because frankly, I'm going to save a whole lot of money, you know, and I've got the time, and I've got the tools, and I've got the skills even though it's a bit of a challenge. So, I recommend you find something like that for for yourself, you know, because I'll be honest, y'all, I was not feeling super happy for a while. You know, I was wrapping up my season for my business, but just, just feeling worn down, you know, uninspired, coming home every night, just smoking weed and watching television and, you know, not podcasting, not doing anything creative, not doing anything fun, just kind of coasting. And I was miserable. You know, I could blame it on all kinds of things, but the truth is it's my own misery. You know, it's self-imposed because all I needed was something, something to do, something, something fun you know, a project. Fun's not necessarily the right word. Fun is a is a byproduct, but a challenge. I needed a a challenge. You know, I I think there's something about challenge that it's like the shark, right? If it ever stops swimming, it dies. I think human beings historically lived in a challenging world didn't mean they were miserable in fact I bet you a lot of them were way happier than you or I generally speaking because because they're they're living naturally first of all you know I'm talking I'm talking the the early man prehistoric were they happier you know it's kind of an irrelevant question I bet you they were more fulfilled and it's because they were challenged and they had to overcome now we're gonna be challenged I'm, I'm convinced and I'm not sure how much I'm not sure how hard 
the challenge might be. But as a nation, as a culture, we are being challenged right now. Now, I believe this is a time where things could go one way or the other. I'm not going to I'm not going to place any bets. But I'm going to I'm going to look and and plan for that life that I want. You know, knowing that pretty much no matter what, I'll probably be able to put a little bit of gas in my motorcycle. Fill up fill up the tank of the truck. Go, you know, drive someplace and find a little peace and quiet. Find a creek to fish in, you know, a trail to ride. You know, I I think that ability is gonna bring me the peace of mind that I that I haven't necessarily had. Just because the four walls and a roof. Now, I think it, it seems like a luxury, but I think it's a significant necessity. So anyways, y'all, I uh, encourage you to challenge yourself and plan, prepare, and ideally execute the impossible. Because why not, you know? No one's going to do it if you don't. And I can't tell you what that dream is, but I bet you it's a good one. So with that, I'm going to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Looking forward to talking to you in 2022. This has been Mike the Polymath with the Easy Peasy Podcast. Come back again.